I know, I know. Well, let's just pick up where we left off, shall we? That's my plan. Okay, so today... Today's title reminds me of a woman, a girl. Well, she was a woman. She was 32 years old when I knew her, but she had the mind of like a nine-year-old. And her name was Mary, and she had Down syndrome. <clears throat> and my family knows this because we used to kind of emulate some of her speaking because she had this thing that when you either corrected her or reminded her of things like, oh, well, we don't eat pizza out of the trash or whatever it was, she would respond, oh, you white, you white. And it sounded just like that, like she would say, you're right, with a W. And it was adorable and it would make me laugh. So my family started picking up on it and just saying anytime we corrected someone or if someone was like, oh, touche, we're like, oh, you white, you white. Well, that's not what I came to talk about today. Although Mary is quite a lovely thing to talk about. She, yeah, I should do a, an episode on Mary. She was something else. She lived across the alley from me in Pemberton Heights back in the early 2000s. And she filled my life with a lot of amazing feelings of joy and excitement and simplicity. I mean, this person was happy all the time, especially when she was eating and kind of like me. <laughs> And she was just a beautiful soul that reminded me of the important things in life. And I was had the opportunity to befriend her and spend time with her because she was right across the alley. But I also had a chance to babysit or spend time with her when her sister and brother-in-law would go out of town because she lived with them. Anyway, she loved the movie Selena. So I can tell you that I've probably seen Selena two dozen times, if not more. We would have sleepovers and her sister would always say, now remember, Janae gets to pick the video this time. You know, back in the day when you actually popped a VHS into the machine. Needless to say, I never really got to choose what we were going to watch because I would choose it and she would be like, yeah, let's watch Selena instead. And she was one of those people that you, you didn't say no to because four hours later, you'd still be arguing about, let's watch this movie instead. <laughs> so <laughs> I've seen Selena more than I care to admit. Anyway, Mary, yeah, you're white, you're white. So on to you're right. Okay, so I've always loved the famous quote from Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. I'm a huge proponent, as you know, of we can do whatever we imagine. And I came up with a quote several years ago, decades ago, actually. Uh, it was in my early 20s. All the world is make-believe. To make, you must believe. And I know that's just a play on words, but it also has some weight to it, or at least I gave it weight back when I came up with it. And so today I want to talk about the way that thought really orchestrates our life. We talked a little bit about it in Inside Out, which was on whatever day that was, a million weeks ago. And now I want to see it for this attitude. Because where we land with thought, we put emotion around it. We put a feeling to it. And that's where the power is. Like that's the magic juju. So if you think about this magic juju of how thoughts can become this powerful something, remember inherently they are not anything. Thoughts are nothing. They're just transient things that fly in and out of our minds. There's no power in them until we give them the power, the emotion, the feeling. What we back thought with is what gives it relevance. 
That's the only time it gains relevance. It gains meaning based on what meaning we give the thought. So it allows us to do something productive with it. It's an opportunity, or it can be destructive and disempowering because of what we put around it. Like, I want to write a book is a thought that flies through my mind. Well, if I really want to write a book, or if that's something that inspires me, then I'm going to land on that thought with positive emotion. If the thought, I want to write a book, or I should write a book flashes through my mind, and it's like, you go to, oh, I don't fucking have time to write a book. I'm not a good writer. Oh, God, I don't want to write a book. All these authors out there ask, acting like they know what they're talking about. Then it gives it a different weight, right? It's one of those things that's debilitating or negative. So back to Henry Ford's quote, if you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. So if you're somebody, let's go down the sorrowful path first. If you're somebody who's like, oh, I'll never be able to do that. I'll never be able to write a book. It's not really that you're telling yourself that you can never be. It's what you're putting behind that thought, the negativity, the hopelessness, the downgrading of your innate magnificence that we were all born with that gives you the ability to do the very thing you're telling yourself you can't do. It's how you're framing the thought. And it's not necessarily even what you say, right? That's why you can't just sit in a corner and say affirmations all day and think you're going to become a millionaire or think you're going to land this amazing job or client. You're going to have this prosperity and abundance. It's not about what you're saying. Words are powerful. So let me just make this distinction. It's almost like we're doing quantum physics right now because there's these intersections of where these things lie as irrefutable truth and where they lie as conceptual things, conceptual theories, to the point of words. Words are powerful, like use them wisely. You don't get to be an asshole in the world and just use your freedom of speech and words to be unkind or hurt people. So I'm not saying words aren't powerful, but sitting in a corner and saying affirmations, those are like thoughts and words. And the, but the power, the power comes with what you put behind it, the feeling you put behind it. And more importantly, hear this, the intention, the intention behind what you're saying. So if you're a proponent of affirmations and you're saying, I live in an abundant and prosperous life and that's all you do, you never imagine abundance and prosperity. You never sit in the feeling of that. You don't even know how to conjure living a life that is full of abundance. That will not come to fruition for you. There's nothing backing it. It's just a bunch of empty air words, right? So now to the point of you can't just say whatever you want in the world and be an asshole. Same thing, right? It's not just what you're saying. We know when people are assholes and you're just like, oh God, they're just blowing hot air again. But when you're blowing hot air and you've got intention behind that hot air, you've got intention behind the words you're spewing, emotion and fury and rage and all those things. And the opposite is true as well. Those emotions, those feelings are fueling the words. Those emotions, those feelings and the are the power behind the words. That's what's the really terrifying thing. If we're looking at people that misuse their words or for hate or racism, downgrading people, oppressing people, making their children feel stupid, or whatever those horrible things people use words for. Now, the sticks and stones may break my bones, words will never hurt me. That's a power we give ourselves, right? Because we know that the assholes just talking about lesbians because they're homophobes, or that that person is going on and on about homosexuality because they judge their own feelings about homosexuality. That's like you honk a horn on a car, beep, 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 beep. It's not the horn that's the problem. 
It's the reason the person's honking the horn. Are you honking the horn, tapping the horn to tell the person in front of you, hey, the light changed? Or are you slamming on your horn because you hate what that person's bumper sticker says? I digress. I know that's a natural tangential thing for me. But my point of all this is what you believe, what you believe you are, you are. What you believe you are not, you are not. So to Henry Ford's point, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. We can annotate that to say what you think you are or you think you aren't, you're right. And it's a beautiful, beautiful, simple saying that reminds us thoughts that we land on, that we put things behind like, oh yeah, I'm not very good at that. Or, oh yeah, I am a beautiful expression of the innate magnificence of who I am. That becomes your reality. That becomes the you're right. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, or whether you think you are or you think you aren't, you're right. So today, Think of all the things, beautiful, positive things you want in your life and put some beautiful magic juju behind them. See yourself, feel yourself living in the freedom of expression that you want, in the freedom that you want. So many of us are tied to things and jobs and situations and circumstances that feel constricting or like there is no freedom within them. Live in a different space with those. Even if those are your reality, right? You're in a family. You've opted to have this family. You can either see it as constricting and, you know, holding you down, or you can see it as empowering and allowing you to soar. Those two things are on you, not on the circumstance. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Play with that today, and I'll see you next time.